Good morning. Good morning, Main Street. So happy to be with you all on this, uh, this Sunday morning. I know it's not the brightest outside, but it's always a joyful day to be with you all and being able to honor and worship our God. So, so happy that you're all here. For those of you joining online, we're so happy you're here as well. We do have a few announcements to make you guys aware of before we go on into worship. Um, I know we've brought it up for a couple weeks, but we want to remind you of the USM Wesley Pastors Cook-Off uh, on Thursday. Uh, March 23rd from 5 30 to 7 p.m. It's going to be in our fellowship hall. We're hosting it this year um, and you'll see there a lot of the information. We would love for you to come. The, this fundraiser for the Wesley Foundation helps them out a ton for the, for the rest of the school year and they do great things over there and they are representing Jesus in a big way on that campus. So if, if you would like to come and support them, we would love that. We would love to win it this year. Purvis UMC, not to call them out, but they're always winning and I think we can beat them this year, okay? Um, and so Todd told me once again, Bring money. That's what he said. That's all you know. So um, we thank you for that. The guest speaker who will be coming here on March 26th, uh, District Superintendent Dr. Larry Hilliard. He'll be preaching at both services, 9 o'clock and here at the 11 o'clock. And so if you um, want to meet him and want to be here for that, it's on March 26th. Uh, Painting with Moms, it will be on March 26th as well in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, Michelle Clay and Lindsay Page are guiding um, all the ladies who are interested in creating beautiful round door hangers using stencils. So we need to know today if that's something that you want to be a part of because we have to order supplies uh, for everybody to have. So if you have questions about that, please let Miss Susan know, and I'm sure she will give you the information that you need. Uh, preschool registration has opened for our preschool uh, for the upcoming year, uh, and so if you know someone uh, in your family or a friend that is looking for a preschool for the upcoming year, please let them know about us. We, uh, my kids have gone through it. We really enjoy it, and Betsy Alston and all their teachers do a wonderful job, and so we want to make sure that uh, if you're interested in that, you can just contact her, and she will love to give you all that information. Um, last announcement, um, early response team, tra- uh, team training Excuse me, um, at Crystal Springs UMC. That will be on Saturday, March 18th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Now, the mission of these early response teams is to provide a caring Christian presence in the aftermath of a disaster. So if that is something that you would like to be a part of and learn more about, you see the information there. And if there's any other questions, just let us know in the church office. We'll try to find all of that information for you. Um, So as you can tell, Todd is not here. So, and so you've, you've got me today, and so you can't leave. You're stuck, okay? You're stuck. But it's gonna, we're going to have a wonderful time. I'm going to pray for us real quick, and we're going to lead into worship. So let's pray. Dear God, we love you. We, we come into this place hopefully excited to meet you, to engage with you and your spirit. I know a lot of us are coming in with distractions, with things that are going on in our families and in a personal world and in the big world as well. And I just pray that we give all of that to you in this moment so that we can focus on you, so that we can encounter you in a special way, and so that we can be filled with your life, so we can leave this church and be the hands and feet as you have called us to be, as your followers. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
As you are able, could you please stand with me and join us in our greeting and prayer, which you can find in our bulletin this morning. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues for all generations. For that, let us shout for joy. Amen. Amen. If you would please turn in your hymnal to hymn number 295, we'll sing the first, second, and third verse of In the Cross of Christ Thy Glory, hymn number 295. standing and join me in our um, affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed on number 881. I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From this he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. take a moment to welcome one another.
This week, at the end of this week, we are going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Yes. And did you know that St. Patrick was a real person? He was a, he was a missionary, and he lived a long, long time ago. And his work, his work was to bring Christianity, not right now, Christianity to the country of Ireland, which is why I asked you that. So, Ireland, when we think of Ireland, we think of the color green because, you know, St. Patrick's Day, we all wear green, right? Some other things about Ireland is they have some good luck beliefs. They have leprechauns and they have shamrocks, which are like clovers, and you want the four-leaf clover, right? Because the four-leaf clover is going to bring you luck. They also have things that they believe to bring you luck, like um, rubbing a rabbit's foot, things like that. Ooh, um, finding a penny can be good luck. And then there's bad luck. Walking under a ladder can bring you bad luck. Breaking a mirror can bring you bad luck, right? So, that could be bad. Okay, so. Let me tell you something, though. Let me tell you something. If we worry about whether we're going to have good luck or bad luck, if we just worry about that, it's only going to make us feel yucky on the inside. Okay? It's going to make us kind of scared. And that is something that God does not want us to waste our time and our mind on is worrying. He does not want us to waste our time for that because he wants us to trust him. God is always in charge. Even when things aren't going so great in our lives, God is in charge. When we don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow or next week, guess what? God is in charge. That's exactly right, Charlotte. So when things are going good and everything is fine and dandy with us, guess what? God is in charge. Let's all say it. You ready? God is in charge. And we're going to get all of these people to join in with us. Okay, y'all ready? God is in charge. Do you know that little people and big people have things that worry us? We have things that our burdens and on our hearts. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff upstairs. We're going to let me talk, and then we'll go upstairs and we'll talk, okay? But what we have to remember is no matter what, God is always with us, God always loves us, and God is always in charge. Because you know what? God's already won. So Jesus defeated death. And he did that for us. So we shouldn't have those worries. We need to turn it over to God. Because what? God is in charge. Exactly. Let's say a prayer and then we're going to go upstairs. Dear God, thank you for being in charge of all things. Help us to be able to put our trust and our hope in you. Not to fear, but to love others with everything we have. And we thank you for your love, and we love you too. And in Jesus' name, we always pray. Amen. If you would please turn in your hymnals to hymn number 378. We'll sing the first, second, third, and last verse of Amazing Grace. Hymn number 378.
now is the time in our service where we lift up those in our community and congregation who are in need of prayer. We want to remind everyone of Dudley Dearman and Tim Cole as they go through cancer treatment. We want to pray for complete healing for them. We want to um, be praying for Ms. Jewel Jones uh, with her knee replacement. Everything is okay. Uh, Ms. Carol Marshall as well. And we also want to lift up the Stuart Gamble family due to his passing this past week. Are there anybody that you would like to uh, mention aloud at this time that needs prayer? Okay, would you pray with me? Let's pray. Almighty God, grant that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, including those we've mentioned today. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Now, in the words that Jesus prayed, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward for our tithes and offerings. Let us pray. Dear God, we, we come to you with all that we have and all that we are and praying that we recognize that all that we have and all that we are is from you. That the many blessings that we have received and that we live with are blessings from you. Help us to recognize that during this time as we give. Help us to give not only of our finances, but of our talents and creativities that you've blessed us with, our unique abilities that each of us have been blessed with because of you. And help us give in this moment of all that we are, just as you have given all that you are to us. Take this, Father. Use it for your kingdom, for your honor, and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
I don't think I need to do a sermon. That was wonderful. Choir. That, y'all bring me, and I know you bring a lot of other people, so much joy. Y'all are wonderful, and I want to thank you for, for leading us in worship. So, so great. So as I established in the beginning, I'm not Todd. I'm, I am Blake, and you're stuck with me for the next few minutes, but I promise you we're going to have a good time, okay? And so now we usually have the last couple months you've sown, you've noticed scripture on the back of your bulletin. Well, the lectionary this week <clears throat> was John 4, and it was like 40 verses. So you've noticed it's not going to be in the back of your bulletin. So I'm going to read it, and um, I'm going to try to read it fast because it is a lot, but it's a story that we are familiar with for the most part, okay? So it's John chapter 4, verse 1, and it'll be through 41. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Uh, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, he told her Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you, when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation comes from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am He. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Skipping to verse 39, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. The word of God for the people of God. God. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray that the words that come from me are not of me, but are of you. I pray you open, us up all, open all of us up to what you have for us through the scripture and through the joy that you offer. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So have you ever... Googled imaged Jesus? Or have you ever, you know, if you've ever been to Europe and gone to these cathedrals, or if you've gone to, uh, you know, some of these older Catholic churches, even in the United States, you'll see these statues or you'll see these paintings and depictions of Jesus, right? Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's not a picture of Jesus. There's not a photograph. But there are people who have tried over thousands of years to paint him and depict him and draw him and all of these things. And so I Googled imaged Jesus, and I had to keep scrolling and keep scrolling and keep scrolling until I found one where he was actually smiling. If you realize and you think about all these pictures where Jesus is painted or depicted, he is never smiling. He's super serious, right? Kind of rigid. But I don't think that's our Jesus. I think our Jesus was one who smiled a whole lot, right? If we 
really believe, we know that he's 100% divine, right? But he was also 100% human, a person who walked on this earth. He's not just words on a page. He's not just a painting on a canvas. He was a person that walked on this earth. And we know through scripture that he had emotions, right? Jesus wept. Jesus got angry when he flipped the tables over, right? And so we know if he's had these emotions and if he's 100% human, we know that he was happy sometimes as well. We know that he was joyful. We know that he was smiling. I mean, think about it. Remember, the children flocked to Jesus. And if you know kids, kids are not going to come to somebody who's dry, grouchy, rigid, just, you know, come kids, let's play. No, it's not. Jesus is one who's going to be loving and joyful and smiling so much so that they want to hang out with them, right? Jesus brings joy, and that is what I love about this story in this moment. So let's think about the Samaritan woman, okay? Let's think about the Samaritan woman. She's an outcast in three different ways. First of all, she's a woman. And so back in that day, she had no authority, no power, not as many rights. So in that context, she's an outcast just for being a woman. Two, she's a Samaritan woman. So especially with the context with Jesus, who was Jewish, she felt even more of an outsider, right? Because they didn't interact. And then her past created her to be a little more of an outcast. Notice in the scripture, it said she had to go to the well at noon, the heat of the day. Nobody else was there. They all go during the cooler hours. But she had to go at noon because she was an outcast in her own town because of her past. And real quick, before I move on, I want us to talk about how nowhere in Scripture does it give anybody's fault of her past. Right? I think sometimes we like to put our assumptions into Scripture, which makes us look a little ignorant, including me, a lot. <laughs> but we don't know if her husband's died and she remarried. We know she, couldn't, she didn't have the authority to create divorce. Right? So, and she probably did make some mistakes too, like we all do, but we just don't need to make assumptions into our text. But even all of that, being a woman, being a Samaritan woman, and being an outcast in her own town because of her own pain and her own past mistakes, Jesus met her where she was. Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, this was the first person besides the disciples that he revealed himself to as the Messiah. And I think that's important to remember. And what's so great about this is as soon as she heard him say, I, the one speaking to you, I am he, it says she left her water jar. She dropped everything that she had, and she ran right into town and telling everybody about Jesus. She had experienced life change. She had experienced such joy in that moment that it motivated her to go and tell other people. And isn't that what we are called to do as the church, as the body of Christ? Aren't we called to be excited because you and I have encountered a Jesus who loves us, who meets us in our past, even if we're an outcast three times over, even if we made mistakes and said dumb things, he meets us where we are, and we should be excited and joyful about that, and we should go tell other people. I mean, have you ever read an awesome book or went and, and seen an awesome movie? I mean, the last movies I've seen have all been kid movies. I don't know the last time I've seen one that's at least even PG-13. They've all been G, I think. Frozen 2 is awesome. Um, but oh, that to say, haven't you never had that experience where you've read something or watched something and you're like, oh, I've got to go tell my friend about this. Oh, I've got to go. This book is awesome. I've got to go tell them. You, you need to read this book. Why don't we do that with Jesus? The most important thing, right? We should be doing this every single day. If you are here and you call yourself a believer in God and you've had a relationship with Jesus, then at some point you have encountered his grace, his transformative love, and you were one way and now you're another way. And Jesus was there in the middle that helped you get to that point. Why aren't we sharing more of that with one another? Why are we not like the Samaritan woman who dropped everything that she had to go and tell people about Jesus? You know what I love about this as well is that she was invisible to her own town, right? She was an outcast, but they listened to every word that she had to say because of her power, for her, because of the experience she had with Jesus, right? If she had to go to the well at noon to avoid people, but all of a sudden she runs to town and tells people about Jesus and they listen to her, that's how powerful God is. And I, I love that. And because of her joy, because of her excitement, because she was motivated to tell other people about what she had experienced, other people came to know Jesus. And isn't that what we're here for? 
Isn't that what we're here for? To let people know that there is a better way, that there is a love and a grace and a mercy and a joy that pursues them. Let's think about another um, miracle, another story with Jesus. Um, if you remember, he, Jesus uh, went and healed Jairus' daughter. Jairus, um, his daughter was very sick and ended up passing away, and he was on his way to go heal her, but on the way, there is what I like to call a holy interruption. There is a man, or no, excuse me, there's a woman who had a blood disease for over 12 years of her life. Over 12 years of her life, consistently bleeding. And because of that, society deemed her unclean. Because of a disease that she did not choose to have, and she could not get fixed, she was deemed unclean. So nobody wanted to be around her. Nobody wanted to see her. Nobody wanted to even, you know, she was invisible to the people around her. But she's heard of Jesus of Nazareth. Right? She heard of this man who is changing lives and is here to bring a new kingdom, who is here to share love and grace and mercy and joy with the people that he goes to, right? And so she's heard of him and she believes so much so that she says, if, if I can just touch a thread of his cloak, I know that I can be healed. Which that's, that's powerful in itself, right? We need that kind of faith. And so he's walking, Jesus is walking to go heal Jairus' daughter, and all of a sudden he feels somebody touch him. And she's healed as soon as she touches the cloak, but he says, the power's gone out from me. Who touched me? And what's, what's really funny about the disciples, the disciples, are, they're great, but this makes, they're just as much humans as you and I are. They always question Jesus. So Jesus said, who touched me? And Peter was like, well, you're in a big crowd. Who do you think touched you? I mean, there's a lot of people here. What do you know? And Jesus was like, no, <laughs> there's somebody specific that I'm looking for. And he turns to this woman who has been an outcast for over 12 years because of a disease that she did not choose to have. She's been invisible for so much of her life, and he sees her. He would have had every right just to let her touch, let her touch his cloak and him keep going, but no, he stopped and he acknowledged her. He saw her. And you want to know what he said to her? He called her daughter. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, stopped what he was doing to look into the eyes of that woman who nobody had seen for over 12 years because they chose to ignore her. But he chose to see, see her, and he acknowledged her and called her daughter. Can you imagine if you were, there were, a, they had walls back then, right? Yeah, if there was a fly on the wall, or if you were in her shoes and you have been riddled with the disease for over 12 years or over a decade, whatever it may be, nobody cares about you, nobody sees you. And then all of a sudden, because of the love and the grace and mercy and the joy of Jesus Christ and what he is doing and what he has done, you are not just physically healed, but you're more importantly spiritually healed and you're acknowledged by the Messiah. You have to know because of all the pain and the desperation that she went through, that she just jumped for joy, right? That she had to have been so excited. There is no way she gets healed and then she's like, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, you know that she has to be excited and Jesus is right along with her excited because this is what he came to do. He didn't come to bring just news. He came to bring good news. And good news is something we should be excited about. Good news is something we should have joy about, right? And so I, I truly believe, because Jesus is in these moments too, and if we follow him, we're called to be like him, and we know one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, then when people come into our presence, the presence of the Big C Church, then they should see people smiling. They should see people celebrating. They should see people being joyful because we are in the presence of a God who has met us where we are, just like this Samaritan woman who was in pain, who was an outcast who nobody cared about, Jesus did. The, bloody, the blood, well, woman with the blood disease who nobody cared about, who nobody saw, but Jesus did. And that is something that we should celebrate. And Jesus says this in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, right? There is more joy in heaven over one sheep that was lost and then found than over 99 that was never lost. There is more joy in heaven when somebody comes to know Jesus and people are coming to know Jesus. And the Samaritan woman was so excited about her coming to know Jesus that she had to tell other people about it. Are we doing that? Are we telling people about how good Jesus is? Because his grace and his mercy and his life change in us deserves a response.
And look, I know not everybody, everybody goes through trials, right? Everybody has pain. We can't always feel like we have that joy. I promise you, I understand that, right? Jesus even said in John chapter 16, verse 33, that we're going to have trials. We're going to have obstacles, but to take heart because he has overcome the world. And since he's paved a pathway and he has given us the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome those too. Now, this journey that you and I are on in this faith is not one that we can do on our own. Living this life on this earth is not one we can do our, on our own. We need each other. And here's what I mean by that, because I've gone through my fair share of trials. My family's gone through a lot. If you, you may know my story a little bit, but Nora James, our eldest, almost died at five months old uh, from RSV. She was on a ventilator for three weeks at Lebanon in Memphis. Um, Jonah was um, our boy who's four years old. He was born with a hole in his heart. And as soon as he was born, he was taken away from us for like six or seven hours, never got to see him, you know, didn't get to have that moment with him. Um, and then he was in the NICU for about four or five weeks after that. Um, and then this past October, you know, we, won, we wanted a third child and we miscarried. Um, and then with the foster child that we had for over a year and a half, he left. So there was a lot of pain in our lives. And I know a lot of you can relate, but I was angry. We were so angry and we were so confused and we just... Like, why? Why? And I, I want to tell you how I am up here able to testify about the goodness of God. I want to tell you how I'm able to stand up here and tell you about the Jesus, uh, the joy that Jesus brings. It's because of you. It's because of people like you who call themselves Christians and live out their lives as Christians do. And when we were down when we were sad, when we felt like there was no joy, when we didn't feel loved, it was then that you picked us up. It was then that people like you surrounded us and loved us and encouraged us and reminded us of the goodness that God is and has for us, even in the pain, even in the trials. Do you remember the paralyzed man that Jesus healed? With, um, the, the man's friends got him on the mat and they carried him and they had to put him through the roof, right? And put him on the mat through the roof and Jesus healed him. You know what's, what I love about that story? Jesus said, you're healed, but not because of your faith, but because of your friend's faith. And I can stand up here in front of you and tell you that I'm healed and my family is healed because of your faith, because of your love. That is how I'm able to do this today. We as a community, we as the body of Christ are called to pick those up who don't feel loved, who don't feel that joy, because we all go through those experiences. We all have those trials, but it's on you and me to go to them and pick them up off the mat, to say, hey, I know you're going through this. I love you. I cherish you. I care about you so much. There are better things coming. There is joy still to be had, and let me remind you of this. That's exactly what y'all did for me, and I'm a living testimony to that. If we could do that, and if we could do what the Samaritan woman did and just get excited over the change that God has in us, the, the life that he has given me, that's all I want to do is tell people about what Jesus has done to me. Because if you knew me <laughs> when, I was, when I was younger, you would have been like, yep, you definitely got to know Jesus because there ain't no way you'd be the way you are now if, uh, if you knew me back then. So I was of the worst sinners, as Paul says. But I know that he is true, and I know his joy is real, and I know that even in the pain and the sorrow that he is there because of you, because you brought the joy to my life. You brought the goodness of God to my family. And that is the calling that we all have as Christians. This is a hard world, and we can't do this alone, but we carry the joy of Christ with one another. We carry the joy of Christ and we can step up. And if you're here today and you have not felt that and you don't feel that, I just need you to know, like the Samaritan woman, there's nothing you can say, there's nothing you can do, there's no past you can have that can ever separate you from God and his love. And I pray that Main Street becomes a place where people will feel that and understand that as soon as they walk into the doors. And I pray that as you bring Main Street out, as you bring the Big C Church out of these walls, that the people that encounter you encounter the joy and the goodness of God. And look, if you let me, I could talk about it all day, but I know I'm running out of time, okay?
I love Jesus. I love what he's done with me. And I love how he's used you guys. I love how you have allowed yourself to be a vessel of joy for my family and for others. And I know that there are other people who have felt the same way. Are you excited? Are you joyful? Are you... If you are here and you know Jesus, then we should be smiling all the time. Because just like Miss Susan said, we know who wins. We know who wins. We know who's in charge. But you and I, we're the answer to people's prayers right now. You and I, we're the ones that go out and bring the joy and the love and the mercy and the grace that people are needing right now. Let us be like that Samaritan woman who just left everything to go and tell people about Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, I would just uh, come here asking for forgiveness for the way that I've, that I've been. And I'm so grateful, though, for the love that you have shared with me and so much so that you've really changed in my spirit and my life in such an incredible way. I'm just so joyful because of the joy that you bring, the change that you bring. And you, there's so many instances in Scripture where people, their lives are changed, and because of what they've experienced with you, they just go and they tell because they can't help to do anything but that. I just pray that for those of us here who may be in a trial season, like where my family was, I pray, God, that you send people to them to help them get up off the mat. I pray that you surround those people who don't feel loved to be loved even harder, who don't feel joy to be reminded of the joy that God gives. Help us believe when somebody else is finding it hard to believe. We know that a friend's faith can change lives. And in that life change, just as there's much joy in heaven, God, help us to have much joy here. And we know this is a communal faith because when you told us to pray, you didn't say my father who art in heaven. You said our father. This is a group, a team, a family that is in this together. Help us to love and to bring joy and to remind ourselves of where we were and where we used to be and where we are now and bring that joy back up so that we can go and tell people about you. I pray each of us have received joy today and will continue to receive joy each and every day and in turn give that joy out to somebody who needs it. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able and join me in singing the first verse of He Leadeth Me, O Blessed Thought, hymn number 128. God of the universe sings joy over you, so much joy that he has sent his son to die knowing that you may never come to him. That's how much joy he has over you. And I pray that you receive that today. And I pray that you're able to give that out as we walk outside of these walls. We love you so much. You are joyed over. You are loved over by the king of the universe. And that is something to celebrate. You are dismissed to be the church.